Welcome along again, everybody, to the latest In Conversation. And I'm absolutely delighted to be joined uh, today by no other than Chris Hill of the Huddersfield Giants. Chris, welcome to Super League Raw. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. We're going to uh, go in, be going through your, your career in a few moments of time. But like we do with all guests, we're, we're just going to settle you in nice and quickly. So we'll start off. What's your favourite film, Chris? Oh, oof, put me on spot here, aren't you? Um, yeah. I'd say Great Escape. All yes, time. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Lovely. Yeah, uh, your favourite song, mate? Oh, favourite song? Um, say favourite poly band will be Arctic Monkeys, so one of them. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, listen to a bit of that before the games, get you in the mood. No, I'm not a big, I'm not a big music fan in general. Um, yeah. Arctic Monkeys because we went to did a pre-season trip down to um, Sydney. Uh, in 2012, my first year at Warrington, and that's when they were sort of just coming through. And uh, Simon, who owns Warrington, Simon Moran, uh, was managing them, and they were on it a small venue down there. So they got us tickets, and we all, all team went. So that's why I sort of, but no, I'm not a, not a massive lads walk around with ghetto blasters and what on the shoulders and all that. And no, I'm not a massive fan of listening to music before a game, really. Fair enough. Uh, three words that best describe you. How would you? How would the missus describe you? What, what, oh, what? Gee, I don't know if I can say <laughs> <that> anyway. <laughs> um, serious at times, um, probably too serious sometimes, and very dedicated to what I do. Uh, whether that's my work, my plumbing, um, and I'm probably a very loving person if you ask me, missus. Nice. Uh, yeah. On Valentine's Day, we won't expect anything well, less from you. Yeah, yeah. Happy days. Happy days. What are you watching on the telly at the minute? Which uh, just finished um, Trigger Point. Nice. Uh, season two. Season two. Just literally finished it last night. Uh, yeah, we was on about this, me and wife. We don't... When people go on about box sets and the binge watching, we don't get time. <laughs> we, we barely watch half an hour, fall asleep for halfway through episode. Turn it off and then try and catch up on it again day after. That's a busy household, as. Fair play. Uh, right. Fool on the Hill by the Beatles or Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush? Running Up the Hill. Superb. What's your go-to dance move at a wedding? Oh. Hey, take me a few drinks, get dancing. Yeah. Uh, the old two-step, probably. Two-step. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Uh, right. Let's get into some rugby. Favourite away ground? Where do you like to go and play? Away from home, Super League, yeah. Um, all international, all international. Um, Suncorp was really good, Brisbane, but if yeah. we keep Super League, um, I like, I like, I like when playing at Leeds, yeah. Wigan on a Friday night's good, yeah. Wigan on a Friday night, fair enough. Right, your rugby league hero, who was your hero growing up in rugby league? Uh, Twigger Marler. Nice. At Wigan, yeah. I used to sit, my, my grandma used to be a steward at Wigan at the Old Central Park. So I used to go down. Uh, she used to hop me in over. My um, granddad was the um, tunnel um, steward. So you sit on his knee and watch all the players go out. And then I go sit on the wall and watch Wigan yeah, at the Old Central Park. Good player. Good player. Who's the your Who's been your hardest opponent in your career to come up against? Um, hardest opponent? Um, I'd probably go with 
Matt Scott was a was a apparently Aussie front rower. Um, Sonny Bill Williams when I played him against Kiwis, he was solid. I'd go probably Matt Scott because he was a front rower. He was unbelievable. Who's the best player that you played alongside in your career? Oh, boy. Sad one, that. Um, I'd say for what he could do and what what he brought. I'd say Sam Burgess. Burgess, yeah. How do you think he'll go at Warrington? I think he'll do well. I think he'll do yeah. well. Um, he'll have the dressing room straight away. He'll have that respect. Um, I, I know he's got a couple of good assistance around him with Gleese as well. Um, so I think, yeah, I think they'll take. I think they'll take a bit to get in the swing of things. Uh, I don't think it'll be instant success, but I think he'll do well. Fair enough. And the last one before we get into your career: three dinner party guests, alive or dead. If you if you could get a really good uh, three dinner party guests in to have a good night, who would they be and why? Um. I said Mike Tyson, just to quiz him about what he'd done in his, his career and how he grew up. Um, tough one, this. Plenty knocking around. Um, Steve McQueen, just for to see how he filmed yeah, yeah, that. Just for, yeah. Get his autograph, if nothing else. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said Twigger Marlow. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, as you know, that's why, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And hopefully, he won't let you down. They always say, Don't they? Don't meet your heroes, don't meet your heroes, yeah, yeah. I mean, rugby league, we're, it's a great community, yeah, I don't think yeah. you have any problems. Yeah. Okay, born in Wigan, Chris Hill. We already, I think, the fact that you sat on the wall at Wigan, probably Central Park, was it back in those yeah, yeah. days? Still, yeah, yeah. Wigan fan growing up, Chris, yeah, massive Wigan fan. Um, yeah. like I said, my gran was a, stu a steward there for uh. What have been fifteen years, something maybe a bit longer. Um, yeah, you just go down and watch them, Central Park. Um, you just go down Wembley when the era of winning every was even there when Sheffield Eagles beat us. Yeah. A great uh, day for any Warrington fan that would carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a great day for unbelievable, weren't it? You know what I mean? It was. Someone else winning it, something different. Yeah. It weren't for the journey back anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, massive, massive Wigan fan uh, growing up. Um, yeah, grateful for me sat on the wall and watching some great players like Henry Paul, people like that. I mean, that that area that you're talking about, you know, like Dean Bella lived in there at that time as well. He was a great pro. Uh, you know, in your positions, the great Andy Platt, Kelvin Skerritt, you know, we're talking Cowie. proper players. Yeah, Cowie. Yeah, Cowie, yeah. Yeah. Great goal kicker, Botica, one of the best. Unbelievable. Gary yeah. Conner. Yeah, yeah. You, you could, yeah, you could be here all day naming. You could, you um, could. But I'm right in thinking, done a bit of research on you. Uh, amateur, New Spring Lions, is yeah. that right? Yeah, New so I started off at St. Pat's. Yeah. Um, so I used to play a year above, year above, well, the, the way it come about playing a year above, um, basically my mum got time wrong for my age. So it was training at the old Robin Park. What was the old Robin Park then? Um, yeah. She got the time wrong. Uh, so anyway, I've trained coming away. I think I was on about going to school or something the day after. Um, what year and and one of the parents said oh no these are year I don't know, like three or four whatever yeah you're like oh no so I'd gone to the wrong age group so anyway I stuck with it till um, I think it was about 15s under 15s yeah you play so you play a year above played a year above for a town team 
on a Saturday, then I play my own age on a Sunday town team. So I played where I had grew up with like Joel Tompkins. Yeah. Um that was that was the age. So yeah, it was just by accident, I ended up at the wrong age. Well, it was my mum. Um yeah, and then ended up at 15s, I moved over to New Springs. We were setting up a bit of a new team. Uh, a lot of my um, mates from school was going up. Um, yeah, it got a bit stagnant at, at parts. It was a bit clicky. Um, so I wanted just something different, new challenge. And and, yeah. and just basically go and play with all my mates who was at school. As you do at that age, um, you sort of follow your mates, don't you? You do. Um, yeah, and I was at Wigan uh, Academy, like the not the scholarship, but the development. And then... Yeah, got let go from there, which obviously is hard when you. Yeah, yeah. A lot of your mates again signed up there as well. Uh, but to be told, you're no good. Oh, not no good. Sorry, uh, we're not good enough. Won't be big enough. So, um, and that was by one of my idols as well, Dean Bell. Dean Bell was the head of rec- uh, head of uh, the academy then. So, which it hurt me, and it was hard. Um, so I just wanted to get back to playing a bit of rugby and playing with my mates really. Um, so I went up to New Springs. And then went to to Lee from there. Um, it was a bit of a new setup then at Lee, sort of the academy, and it was a bit like all oh, the lads who had not gone to Warrington Saints, Wigan, yeah. sort of, um, and joined up at Lee. So no, it was good. Just on that, Chris, before we get to your, your debut at Lee and all, uh, Chris, sorry, uh, before we get to your debut at Lee, um, you know, we have a lot of younger people watch us. One thing we're, we're very proud on at Super League, well, we don't we don't allow any language on any of our shows. We, we keep it nice and clean for the kids. Uh, so there will be some kids watching this. Um, never asked this of any other guests, but I'll ask it of you. Playing rugby league as a youngster, um, you know, if there's kids out there now who go, you know, are interested in rugby league, who are watching rugby league, but have never actually been a part of a local team before, just explain to them as a child, as a young, as a young man, what being a part of a rugby league team is all about and why they should go and do it. Oh, it's massive. Um, not I, I see it now with uh, my lad player. He, uh, my both lads used to play, but one still does. It's the social side of it as well. We don't have to be the greatest player in the world. I weren't great growing up. Um, I was all right. Um, obviously, I was told I weren't good enough when I was at Wiggins. But that doesn't matter. It's the social side of it. And it, it does. I've seen it a lot of times. And lads who've retired now are my good mates. And they go into business and work and stuff like that. It you, it resembles a lot of what you do after rugby. And a lot of people play semi-pro or just do it, like you say, play amateur at a weekend and it resonates back into work with teamwork and your social skills, so social skills as well. Like I said, you know, from obviously lockdown and stuff, a lot of it's been, been hammered uh, with social, social side of it and kids talking and they're all right on the phones and over Snapchat or whatever it is on, on Xbox or PlayStation, but social side, face-to-face stuff. Um, and it gets you used to all that again. And like I say, you don't have to be the greatest player in, in the world. But if you love rugby, just go and try it. And yeah. it, does, it brings a lot out of you as well, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go and, go and give it a try, kids. Uh, that's from uh, a man of the stature of Chris. Right, debut in Super League. Uh, I've got it down that you debuted in round 26 of the 2005 Super League season against Saints. Lee got battered 74 Hammered. points to eight in that game. But to be fair, you did lose to the to the grand final winners in, in Saints. They went on to beat all FC that year. That day on your debut, you came up against Nick Fozard, Paul Anderson, 
and another good name in there, Lee Gilmore. He was an all great pro, Lee Gilmore. Um, describe that to me. One, obviously making your debut, but coming up against seasoned. I mean, I think you were second row that day, but coming up against seasoned pros like that, how did you find that step up? It was un- it was unreal. Um, so I've not, I've said, played a few games in the 18s um, at Lee. We had it with a couple of good couple of good years, uh, and then I played one game at 21s, which I think was Holloway. And then he brought me into the first team for the back end of the year just to get me used to it for the year after. Um, Heath Krushank it was. Um, yeah. He's another great bloke. Uh, brought me in and then I think we went down with a couple of injuries that week. He said, oh, I'm going to sit you on bench, share the games going. If you get 15, 20 minutes, if you get 10 minutes, it's, it is what it is. And I was, I was buzzing, but he put me on at half-time. I think we were, I think we were 40-odd down then. Um, so it was basically just go and play. Um, I had like Jamie Lyon, longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a wealth of experience. And I remember Fozard, we kicked off to them. Uh, I still remember it now. And he just ran straight at me, knees up. First kick off at second half. Boom, stars come out. You know, he's like, yeah. Um, but no, what a, what an experience. What an unbelievable experience. And it learns you a lot. It, it does learn you a lot. And the step up and you think, I've got to really massively improve now to, to be where these these lot at St. Helens are and, no, that was the that was the start of my career. Yeah, how old were you then? How old were you? You're seventeen, um, and of course, uh, the the following season, uh, two thousand and six, good season for you. You won the Northern Rail Cup that year, beating all KR twenty two eighteen, and you got to go on the under 18s Australia tour, I believe. Uh, that season yeah. is that right? Yeah, um, so we went under eighteens. We went to France. Um, yeah, with Sam Burgess, we were on that. That's when I first met Sam because Sam was yeah. playing here above himself. Yeah. So he came with us. Uh, not like he'd know which size of him, like. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was me and a like called uh, Rob Draper, and we were the only two from Championship what got picked up. Mm-hmm. All the rest were obviously Super League lads. Um, so yeah, we went to France. Um, I played France, and then we played the Aussies. Uh, right. Aussie tour, but yeah, um, yeah, it was a that was a baptism of fire. Um, Israel Flow was. Was was the one who was playing for them then, um, but yeah, it was unbelievable and yeah, the, like you said, that was me. That was the start of the the England journey, and that's what you yeah. you like sort of hope for. And, and I was there a few more years in in the championship, and yeah, it got to a bit of a point where I thought, is it ever going to happen? Yeah, well, I mean, it did, didn't it? I mean, you know, in terms of your performances on the field, you became, I mean, captaincies has followed you around over the years, but, you know, you first were made captain at Lee in 2010. Um, how did you feel that day? When when you got pulled aside and you were told, Chris, you know, you're going to be the captain of Lee, um, you know, emotionally, for, for, for any player, you know, there's certain points in your career that, that probably resonate. And again, that was probably another milestone to be given the honour of, of captain, captain in the side. Talk us through that. Yeah, it was mega. Um, like you say, just to captain, even it doesn't matter what you say, if it's amateur or whatever, whatever team to, to lead your, your your troops out um week in, week out when you should, when you go to battle with them. Um he's mega and obviously to be told I, I sort of like Lee's like my second home really. I moved over here when I was pretty young, like 17, 18. My wife's from this way. In Lawton, obviously I was at um Lee anyway, so I've lived this way you now. Well, 20, 20 years, coming up to 20 years. So, um, to be told the captain uh, was pretty special because all my missus family are this way as well. So, which was really nice. And uh, yeah, it's always a massive honour, like you said, whether it's Lee in the championship or when I got 
um, captain of Warrington. They're all just as big on us. Yeah, absolutely. And again, another Northern Rail Cup following in 2011. KR again, but this time more convincing, 42 points to, to 14. Sum up your time at Lee, if you can, um, Boris. Unbelievable. Like I said, I know everything to Lee. Um, and I always mention it in an interview of when lads are at part-time and I know a few of our boys and when I've been at, at, at Warrington and they get loaned out to to lowly clubs and League One or League or Championship and so that's where you that's where it's that's where you're made. That's where you're made as a as a as a rugby league player. Um I don't think I'd have got where I were without being at Lee for so many years. I was a massive late developer in in everything rugby league, body wise. Um and it's probably why I weren't just there when it was Wigan Academy. I think they were a lot more, more mature than me, a lot stronger than me at that time. Uh, I think of late developing a lot of a lot of people are late developers. Um, yeah. Look at Al Wormsley, you know what I mean? Uh, he was playing at his university, you know what I mean? People have got to be given time within the game and I think we've lost a lot of that with with the loss of the reserves Yeah. Um, for so many years. I know we're going to get it back now, but I think we've lost probably eight to ten years of talent um, through not having reserves because the jump from 18s to first team is, is massive. You've, you've got to be able to get them out to other clubs. So, uh, yeah, I give everything. I, I, I owe everything to Lee, uh, what they've done for me and give me the opportunity when I told I weren't be good, won't be good enough. Uh, a lot of people over the years have put a lot of time and effort into me from Lee um, and I'm forever grateful. And, no, they, they treated me really well. And then when I went, when I want, well, not when I wanted to leave, when I was to leave, obviously, I think they were short a little bit of money and, and Warrington coming with a bit of a transfer fee. And that was a dream, and they were never ever gonna stand in my way. Uh, no. That's what I wanted to do, and yeah, I don't think I'd be the player I would be without so many national league one cap caps to my name, and going to Barra on a Thursday night and Batley on a Sunday afternoon, and I think it makes you and it, it makes you appreciate even more so what what I have now, and and makes me learn the game as well. Superb! It's got a hat trick while you were there as well, didn't you, Holden? All them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Hill's yeah, yeah. going, what's all that about? What is all that about? <laughs> I didn't that took it at um, Warrington against London. Ah, I didn't get that. Did you, did you yeah. get the two hat tricks? Yeah. I forgot. I'll tell you what, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. That really yeah. bad, yeah. I think they're in Super League. It was Super League. Like, I think yeah, yeah, I think yeah. It, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, actually, yeah. as you're saying it now, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So a couple of hat tricks. What's again? Unbelievable. Getting more <laughs> please in the line. Can't get near that in a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, great, great stuff. And yeah, of course, then Warrington came calling in the end of 2011 after that Northern Rail Cup. Of course, you scored that day as well. Uh, just quickly, as we do this transfer now into Warrington, I'm right in thinking that your final coach at Lee was Ian Millward. Yeah. And your first coach at Warrington would have been Tony Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, we had Paul Rowley on, who also played uh, under Mill Ward and also played under Tony yeah. Smith. Uh, so very, very similar to Paul in that respect. Two really good coaches. Um, what, you know, if you can, we'll take Mill Ward first and then we'll go to Tony Smith. What impact did those two men have on your career? Oh, Basil were unbelievable. Uh, he gave me the opportunity, really, and and knew where I wanted to go and, and knew the player in me. Basil was one of them coaches who, if he was on you um, and at you all the time, he really liked you. He was one of them. He weren't doing it just to 
get you down and all tell you rubbish or whatever. If you were on you and he said you could improve, it was because he, he knew you could improve and he, he were very much like that with myself. And again, I owe a lot to, to Baz Lee coming at Lee and we were only there for a short time, but the, the time he did, um, no, it was, it was really good. And I, I really get on well with him and I still speak to him over text and that even then. And obviously, I think he, him and Smithy had a decent relationship. So I think we played them in a pre-season friendly Warrington on beginning of 2011 and 2010. I think we played them twice. So Smithy, I think, had me on the radar. Um, but yeah, Smithy again, really good tactician. Uh, love playing the mind games a little bit. Um, which got the best out of players when we were there in 2012. It was unbelievable. We were yeah. just never quite got older. We always just seemed to die at the end um, with the, obviously, grand final losses. But, yeah, 2012 Challenge Cup final. Um, obviously, Smithy brought a lot of success to Warrington. Uh, yeah. 09. Uh, I think it was 10. 09 yeah. and 10 and then 12. Uh, oh, sorry, first one. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, he, he was unbelievable again. Another one I owe a lot to. Um, for bringing me over and having the faith in me to to bring me across um, and be a part of his squad. Well, you were you were going to, you know. Let's be fair. You were, you were about to fill really big shoes. Debut round three, Huddersfield away that season, and you're lining up again uh, alongside, should I say, the great Adrian Morley, Trent Waterhouse was in the team, Super Benny Westwood, Joel Mike Monaghan. You know, littered with at that point in time, a really really good squad at, at Warrington. Um, you've already said there the 2012 Challenge Cup final, of course, um, went down in the in the grand final that year. Um, how good a squad was that? And really, I mean, I, 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 well, I'll ask you now. Of all the grand finals you played, I think it was four in total. Um, which one do you think probably you should have won? I think we were in most of them. Um, the 12th side was unbelievable. Um, Going back to when I made my debut, um, it made it so much easier for me coming in young, <clears throat> obviously experienced with the National League, but nothing Super League-wise, apart from half a game against St. Selling's, all five, you know what I mean? It's some, but line up with Moss, Woody, um, McKayum, you know, people like Mark Monners, Bridger, Chris Bridge, Ryan Ack, you know what I mean? It just made it a whole lot easier for me and the transitioning was all down to them, you know what I mean? You couldn't have better role model than Moz, uh, one of my good mates now, I still speak to him a lot. Um, great bloke, done a lot for me. Um, yeah, it just made it a lot easier, but yeah, going on to grand finals, um, I think the Wigan one when we were up at half-time. The one where Monaghan got injured just before yeah, half-time. Warrington had that one, didn't they? Yeah, we had, we, I speak with that and that, it kills me to this day. Breezy was in England camp with us end of last year. Um, every time I see see Breezy, it comes up. Um, that's the one that got away, I think. Yeah. And you speak with Wayne as well. He said they were lucky to to, to claw that back. Um, but yeah, that was the that was that was the one that really hurt that one. What happened there? I mean, obviously, we, we were battering. I mean, Warrington were battering Wigan that day. Uh, first half, we went in at 16-6, but just before half time, of course, Joe Monaghan got a really bad knock and it just seemed to burst the bubble. Yeah, uh, Monaghan went down, didn't yeah. In the second uh, half, we, we came out and, of course, Ratchford got an injury, if you remember. He was Steph playing got, on the league as well. Yeah, Steph got injured. Um, 
Did Woody, is that the year Woody lost his testicle? Uh, uh, well, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. That was that year. Uh, yeah. So I know, I know, I know. I remember at one point uh, he had Brazy at fullback. Yeah, he, he turned like QE two every time he kicked it behind him, uh, which can't blame him. <laughs> weren't the fastest anyway, but he was good with balling and money. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's last person he went at fullback bringing that ball back. Uh, yeah, no, I think at one point we had all forwards on pitch. I think that about Gaz Carville in back row or something like that. Or it might have been me in back row and Gaz with him. We were just, it just, it just got the better of us that half. And yeah. I reckon we could have held on for 20 minutes. I don't reckon the, the 40 minutes was what really killed us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just, well, we couldn't give any more. It was as simple as that. I think that's what really hurt us. We, we looked at ourselves, thought we were the better team. It was literally just ran out of steam. Yeah. That was, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Wigan, obviously, three of the losses came to Wigan. And as you say, been in every one, 2016, you know, 6-2, really tight affair, 2018, 4-12. You know, we've been, all of those games, because you were captain for some of them, um, it's that that period, you know, it's always the laughing joke and it's always Warrington's year, but, like, they should have got at least one of them, shouldn't they? At least, at least, at least one, if not two. Yeah, at least um, with the team we had, and I, I, I was like, I don't know, I was, what was I watching? If you want to make football, it was actually City last night, and uh, commentator Alan McCoy said, "There's, there's, there's good teams which we were, but to be a champion team, you got to do it week year in year out. A bit like St Helens, we were a great team, Warrington. There was no doubt about that. We won, we won trophies. We won, obviously won Challenge Cups. Obviously, you lost them." With just that little bit off being a great team, we, it could have been a, such a ish big part of Warrington's history. I think we could have took took a couple of them out, but it's not to be. But you've got to be in them to win them. It's as simple. You as that. do, you do. And and like I say, I mean, it was a golden era, really, that for for Warrington. I mean, I remember you know the Willersfield days. I mean, I always say the kids who discovered rugby league and warranted at that time and never had it so good in terms of you know we were we were competing at last. You know, and I think that's the that's the thing is that as a rugby league player, you want to be competing. When 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 those honors are being given out at the end of the year, you can only be one winner. But if you're playing for a side that is in finals, that's giving yourself that opportunity to win, that that's what it's all about, isn't it? Of course it is, yeah. And I think at one stage Warrington was after the 0-9 and the there was a victim of their own success, you know. Sometimes we find, oh, we're not going to Wembley this year, you know what I mean? You can't do it every year, it's as simple no. as that. Um no. and but we were always there thereabouts. Um but yeah, we was always the bridesmaid, never the bride, which which hurts me to this day. Yeah. Well, I don't want to see you in a bridesmaid dress, mate. I have to say so we'll, we'll leave we'll leave, we'll leave that we'll leave that We'll leave that one there. Just quickly, though, going back, uh, you know, there's heroic moments in rugby league. Heroic moments in rugby league. You, know, you mentioned Sam Burgess, of course. The final at Souths would would be one. Remember uh, Andy Favell, you know, as a Wigan supporter with the bandage round his nose, you yeah. know, and all of that. 2012 Leeds Challenge Cup final. Brett Hodgson got completely cleaned out. I mean, he'd be off now with protocols oh. today. He wouldn't. He, he wouldn't play. It's no. Simple as that. Got off the. Got off the floor. And ended up winning the Lance Todd. How how big a performance that day was, Brett Hodgson? That was unbelievable. And I was looking at me, me, me 13, I thought before, and I was, oh, Joe always comes in, whether you 
he, he could even play at six or seven if he had to have him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he were he were unbelievable for the size of him as well. Yeah, he was tiny. I don't think he realised how tiny he was till you actually met him. Uh, yeah. But the skill and the awareness and the timing and knowing where to be on a rugby league field was. I've never seen it like it. It was unbelievable. He was, he was a brilliant. I mean, that that and we see it all the time now. The run on the arch and being in the right place at the right time. He did that in his sleep, didn't he? Yeah, you you couldn't if you if you went for him and jammed him on he'd bait you on a three on two on a on a, on a sweet rent back nine times out of ten. Yeah, um, he were he were unbelievable at that. Every time we knew he got in his hands with a three on two, you know he'd score. Yeah, absolutely. Shame he didn't work out for him at Middle FC. Uh, I think you know, uh, I think he's got a lot to give the game, but some of his experience. Um, yeah, definitely. you mentioned you mentioned Lee Breers uh, very quickly. I asked, I asked this of Paul Rowley as well. You mentioned Lee. Um, incredible what he's doing in his coaching career at the moment. Um, how do you see his coaching career? And will he? Do you think he could potentially stay in the NRL and maybe crack it over there, or would you expect to see Lee Breers back in the UK coaching a Super League team in the future? Yeah, if you if you if you knew Breezy and I know him really well, and you'd say he was a home bird, but when I'm speaking to him, um, when he come over for the England camp, he's loving it over there. He is. Yeah. Um, he's probably new lease of life as well. Obviously, yeah. going over to Australia, mm, a lot of rugby players, but not a lot of fans would know him, and yeah, um, to put his own stamp on it because he yeah. he was good when he was at our place. Uh, he was good at, at Warren. He was really good at Warrington. Um, but he's developed a lot uh, over the time. We could just see in them three or four weeks. I had him uh, at England, the way he's come on, the way he approaches it, the way he delivers it. Um, yeah, he he's obviously thriving over there. Yeah. Uh, obviously in a great club like Brisbane, uh, who wouldn't. And no, he's really enjoying it. So, no, I'm buzzing for him. And I hope he makes a massive success of it over there. And if not, um, come over here and coach. Um, and uh, wherever he goes, he'll be he'll be a great success. What about yourself? I mean, obviously, I know you've got your plumbing business, uh, uh, Chris. But I mean, you know, father time is ticking. This is going to be your nineteenth season. Um, I think you probably there's a party that probably wants that twentieth uh, as a as as well. Um, staying in the game when you when you retire from the game? Um, or not? Yeah, I'm not so sure. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll wait and see. Uh, I'll never say never. Uh, it's yeah. not something I've looked into. I mean, I've done it. I actually did a bit of coaching with the academy on uh, Monday night, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's time with me, as I say, with the plumbing, with my plumbing. Yeah. So with my five kids, it's it's pretty. <laughs> Missus doesn't see me at best of times, so uh, which is probably a good thing for us <laughs> in, in where. But no, it's it's something I wouldn't mind doing. I wouldn't mind going into some um, maybe the play welfare side of it. Uh, yeah. Maybe working with the kids, educational side, because the way it's not always a better rose, is it? Uh, the way you come through, you could be dropped back at drop of an art, you could get a serious ACL injury, and you not play again. And I've sort of took it upon myself to go and do my plumbing stuff. And yeah. you know I mean, we say it's a full time job, rugby, and <laughs> if I like, finish for two, three, you know what I mean? So you've got a lot of time yeah. at evenings and that where you can do something. Um, so well paid, so you've got no money. Obviously, not everyone's well paid, but the mm. the average Joe is. Um, so yeah, you, you always have some, and I won't mind getting the educational. I know there's a lot goes into it now with the rugby league curves or whether yeah. I do something like that and and push it that way. But um, 
coaching wise, we'll see. Um, if something if something comes along, I'll, I'll, I'll never I'll never just turn it down. I'll see what options I've got. Um, even when um, the, the boots get hung up. Yeah, I mean, Dan Sargent's obviously gone into that area. We had Dan on, um, you know, and he, he talked about the highs and the lows, you know. So like, you know, you're talking there about your grand final losses, the one that got away. As a, as a, I mean, and this, and this is why we interview the way we do because this is what fans want to know. The highs are euphoric, but the lows. How do, how do you, how do you cope? I mean, you're a big. I mean, you're, you're Chris Hill. You're a prop forward. You're a big. You know, you're big. You, you wouldn't want to meet. You, you wouldn't want to meet you in a dark alley. Let's be absolutely honest. I'm sure you're lovely, but you know what I mean. You wouldn't want to meet meet Chris Hill in a dark dark alley. So again, I think it's important. You talk about kids and you talk about um, the mental side of life, not just in sport. What could Talk us through how you've handled that and, and any lessons you could give in terms of handling those lows of life. It has. It's been hard. Um, obviously, the World Cup final, such. Yeah. 2017. Um, yeah, obviously, the semi-final World Cup 2013. You know what I mean? The yeah. semi-final, because they they're usually the end of the year, obviously, the grand finals. Obviously, you've got a lot of time to think about it over time off, then into pre-season and, it does it great, so you it, it, it does it. I remember, like I said, that the Wigan one, um, the World Cup one, it me hard over in us. They take they take a long time to get. I don't know if you ever get over until you sit there and actually look at your career, what you've done when you retire, and and be proud of what what I've done and what I've achieved. I'm not one of them who looks back on what I've done yet. Um, I just want to take every day at a time and, and enjoy it. But the other laws, the it it. it Probably if you if you got the missus and missus if you were missus were sat here, it affects them just as much. Yeah. Um, it affects my kids' lives because um, you don't want to go out and about. You've got people asking you questions all the time when you're having your dinner. You know what I mean? It's a it is a the other laws are the laws, but the highs do they take over the laws? Probably sometimes, yeah. Um, and that's just sport. I've learned over me over my career. Um, there is more to life. Than rugby league, um, when you've got kids, that that probably shows a little bit more. Um, stop taking everything to heart a little bit. Um, I have lot, but it did take me. I reckon it took me to like say the World Cup, um, two thousand seventeen, to realise that it it because it, it's a long off season when you don't yeah. get a win like that. It's a long off season to so start playing rugby league again and. Yeah, I think my missus would be best probably answering that because it does, it makes it hard work for her. I mean, for me, I mean, you know, I love the game. I think what you guys do to, to give us 80 minutes of joy, because it is, I mean, it's a joyous sport. It's a joyous community. And I'll take me out off to each and every one of you, no matter who, who you play for. You just happen to play for my team for the lion share of your career. But, you know, this bit about, you know, it is, you say rugby league's not the most important thing, but to the players and the fans for that 80 minutes, it, it takes over emotionally and everything else. Um, and we're talking about the mental side of the game. And I think what's interesting when you speak to the pros, and again, this is why we, you know, I do this series, is that fans need to realise exactly the impact it has because, you know, social media era, all the rest of it, you know, in the stadium, emotions are high. You can probably live with that. To yeah. degree, but it's on the street. It's on social media and all the rest of it. You know, as a professional, yeah, I pay me money. So I can have an opinion. But the last thing I would do is, you know, send you a message saying, Chris, you're this, you're that, you're the other. And I'm sure you've had them over your career. So as a pro, could you sum up to those people who are keyboard warriors the impact that that actually has 
and 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 why they shouldn't really do it. Yeah, uh, with myself, it's I'm not a massive social media fan anyway. Um, yeah. I'll do a lot for me plumbing and whatnot for me after after rugby. I'm not a massive one of putting myself. I'm not. That's just not me. I don't be talking to cameras and stuff like that. I'm not. I'm not so much like that. And that's probably the era I was brought up with, really. Um, but yeah, it to see it. I again, I've learned over my career, probably early doors. Um, it would affect you. Um, you think about it slowly, slowly but surely got away from that. Um, a lot of them who have the opinion and the keyboard warriors have never put a pair of boots on in their lives, never even probably trained. You know what I mean? So you've got to think of it like that. Again, it goes back. My lad, my eldest lad, now 15. He probably sees it on social media. It's the way it affects him. Yeah. He just gets riled up about it. And I said, listen, look, you're going to get people with opinions who don't like you. You get it in street, you know what I mean? You've just got to sort of take it on chin because probably nine out of ten of them want to be in your shoes. Yeah. Want to do what I'm doing. So... But I mean, the bad thing is... It hasn't even, I mean, it's like Warrington under Darrell Powell. I mean, you know, we're going to get to you in a minute in Uddersfield last season, probably parallels there as well in terms of the season you guys had last year. You know, it does the opposite. It doesn't, you know, somebody giving you, the players, a load of grief, it's it's going to put more pressure on, as opposed to relieve the pressure for you to go out on the field and actually go, come on, let's have another crack here. So it's an, I, I've never understood why people... Yeah, the 80 minutes again, emotions are high, but, you know, as you say, between games, really, we the fans have, a for me, a duty of care to to build the players back up again yeah, for the following you're week. You're probably fine more Sunday, are not probably true fans. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? True fans, like you say, stick with the team. Yeah. And that's the great thing at Huddersfield. There's, there's not, obviously, there's, there's not the fan base they have at Warrington. We all know that. Yeah. But it's a real community... It's a real family club up there. I, I found um, different to to Warrington. Um, you don't get a lot of that, uh, which is which is now obviously after the season we had. Obviously, you're always going to get a few, but I think the true fans they 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 are really good fans up there. Um, and yeah, the boys really appreciate that as well. We love Huddersfield on Super League Raw, mate. Absolutely love him, and and we feel you know especially Ken Davy and 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 you know. It deserves so much more. They've had entertaining teams over the years. I always remember when we won the League League Shield and they brought that banner up, you know, congratulations, Warrington, which was a touch of class, if you remember that, when we won the League League Shield back yeah. in the day. Um, they've tried everything, haven't they, to grow the fan base? Absolutely everything. I mean, it's mad, isn't it? That, you know, they can feel the town football, which I find completely dull and boring. But for some reason, they can't get a double-figure digit crowd no, they can't get. They just can't grab the youth. Um, whether it's obviously the communities around there just not engaging. Uh, obviously, they've only been there a couple of years, or the club are not engaging the communities. Which I know they're trying to do a lot better now, bringing kids in and and whatnot. Um, end of the day, people say, "Oh, you get free tickets away all the time," but end of the day, it's still a business, and it you've still got to make some kind of money. Obviously, the the wages they're paying out, obviously with the stadium and stuff like that. When, like I said, without Ken. There'd be no club, um, but yeah, it's it's a great club. Honestly, it's it's a fantastic club, and um, and what they do for for us, and and like I said, we're going back. The fans are the fans are unbelievable. And you've had the opportunity by going to Huddersfield to play with two players that I think have been brilliant professionals over the career: Leroy Goodjoe and, and Jermaine McGilvery. Jermaine obviously leaving at the end of, of last season. 
Um, they've been outstanding servants, haven't they, for that, that team? Unbelievable. And I'll throw uh, Michael Lawrence in there as well, Bruno. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bradford, didn't he? Did he go Bradford? Bradford. Bradford, no, yeah, still at Bradford. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. Three absolute stalwarts, and Leroy seems to be getting better, better with age. And he's, yeah, he's he, the, the all three of them un, unreal. And like I said, that that's that's what Huddersfield have been about. Um, three three proper pros like that. I remember playing uh, Jez when he was at uh, Batley. Uh, to go and see him do it and still doing it now at Wayfield. He's what an unbelievable player and international as well. He, he was untouchable. But yeah, that's the the, the three the three highlights of going playing over at Huddersfield. It's a nice to get to play with them three. Absolutely. Just want to quickly finish off the England bit, then we'll get in, a bit more into Huddersfield to finish us off before we do your third team. I just want to go back to um obviously the Suncorp game at Australia. I mean four World Cups I think you've played in mate. And uh, sorry, three World Cups. Three World Cups. Three, three World Cups. Yeah. Uh, Twenty thirteen. Remember it well. When Wembley. I mean, the team was a who's who, a who's who. But obviously, they had the Burgesses in that side. You say it was a who's who. We had a great squad. Uh, it was a nail biting semi. It was a cry. I mean, I mean, the result was bad, but what a game! I mean, what is that probably one of the on the international stage? Or I think they're. Pro I'm going to have a guess here. Those are the two ones that. Airs on the back of your head that you're a part of them, those two, um, New Zealand, Suncorp, Australia. That's uh, I mean, biggest one. Go on. Is the semi final in New Zealand against Tonga. Right, okay. 2017 semi final. Right, okay. Right. That was, I've never heard anything like that in my life. That was unbelievable. It's atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, you could not hear a person five yards away from you. Well, the whole game. Wow. My missus and kids flew out for that. Uh, flew into Australia and flew over to New Zealand and, and got that game. And they were sat about three rows back from where the bench was. And she didn't see one bit of the game. There was a bloke in front of her with a big flag the whole game, which is, that's what it was. And it was like every stoppage of play, there were music on, they were up. Seeing, honestly, it was electric. I've never, I'm, I've never experienced anything, anything like that. Even Old Trafford, it was unbelievable. Fantastic. Well, I stand corrected, but no, happy days. And, and speaking of Tonga, brilliant win, you know, brilliant series win in, in the winter just gone. You know, we, you know, we always do ourselves down. Um, really solid performance from the England team uh, going in there. But I think for me, again, one eye on the future, it was brilliant to see the emergence on the international stage of Mikey Lewis and Matty Ashton. I thought it was great to see them in that Tonga series. Um, you know, you're again. You're coming to the end of your career. In in the next, I don't know, ten. I mean, we've got this new ten year plan. Obviously, there's some more things going on in the background. But do you see enough talent coming through? Because what Wellsby, etc. That we could potentially, at some point, get over the line in one of these big comps. I think it's coming. Yeah, I think yeah. it's with what we've got now. The core, uh, like I said, Wellsby's still young. Matty Lee's, you know, people like that who are still. Yeah. I've got a wealth of experience at that level and still going to be able to, when I was like me, Tom Burgess go, uh, there's still a lot there and I can see a, a massive um, few. I just think sometimes the international scene has been put down negative and yeah. like maybe won 3-0 and it's still not good enough, you know what I mean? If we lost 3-0, they've been worst side since. So you, you can't really win sometimes. I just don't think we're pushing off into our international game I, over the last few, when I, since I've been a part of it, it's, it's best part of your life the, with the lads. It's unbelievable. 
Uh, and yeah, we, we should big it up a little bit more and try and get the, the mid-season test a bit more of a spectacle. I think it'd be great. And yeah, there's plenty of talent coming through and obviously we're way in charge. I, th I think the next few years will be yeah really good. He's a top coach. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything negative about Sean Wayne, uh, the coach. He's, by all accounts, he's, he's massive, isn't he? In terms he's of... He's unbelievable, mate. I wish I, I sport I speak with him still regular now. We got on really well. Um I, I've always said to him, I wish you had met him earlier in my career. Right. I think he's done a lot a lot for me and made me a lot better player. Uh, yeah, Just goes to show why Wigan have been so successful with people like that in the club over the years, as much as that hurts me to say. All right, um, let's get into Woodersfield. Of course, I actually do you know what there's a part of me, Chris, that thought you'd end up back at Lee to end your career. I always thought Chris Hill would, would end up back at Lee, but hey-ho, you go over to, to Huddersfield. Um, and I'd expect that when you had that discussion to go to Huddersfield, not only was it for what you could deliver on the field, but I'd expect as part of those discussions, your role as a leader within that group would have been one of the big reasons as well that they brought you brought you to Huddersfield. Would yeah, have um, when, I, when I signed at, at Warrington in 2011, yeah. um, Huddersfield was the, the other team that that wanted to take me up. So there's always been interest um, within others' field. I've always thought it's a really good club and, and it is from being there now for the last three years. But um, yeah, it was obviously a new jazz from international, uh, McGilvery. And he, he actually said, we was actually playing him at, at Alliwell Jones and I tackled him and, and he knew he was off contract at the end of that year. And he went, do you fancy coming over to Huddersfield at the end of the year? And this was it. On the pitch. <laughs> and he just wandered back to his wing and I'm like, What's, what's he going on about here? Anyway, I called him after and he went, oh, yeah, they're keen on you. So, yeah, as soon as I knew that, I got straight on to me. Agent. I knew Watto anyway uh, from Lee. Uh, yeah. So he was a big he was a big driving force in, in me going over. Played with Watto. Um, yeah, so once once that discussion happened, and no, it was it was an easy sell, really. Why did you leave Warring? Chris, if you don't mind me saying, was it that you just needed a new challenge or was something going on? Yeah, but on? I needed a new challenge and a new, um, personally, I don't think I'd have got on with Paula. Uh, okay. I don't think would have been the right fit after speaking with him. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, yeah, it's, I, I'd rather people just tell me the truth and uh, be up front with me. I'm not, I'm not one to shy away. If he didn't want me, I'd rather just say, um, mm. I had this discussion with him regarding how many years and obviously others feel they'd offered me two and they were only offering me one year uh, at Warrington, which he had no issue with at all. Then that, that leaves it in my hands. Um, but then he come up with like something. He, he, he don't sign lads over a certain age for two years, but then went on to sign someone else who was over that age for two years. You know what I mean? So I knew it didn't fit. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather him just say, listen, you're only in one year plan. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And then that that decision's on me then. Uh, so, yeah, so when I, I had a discussion, and I, I didn't have many. I had one, and I knew straight away that it just, yeah, it wouldn't have been for me. And I needed to have been there anywhere. Um, I've been there 10 years, had my testimonial, and like I said, Warrington, still a massive part of me. My life, my kids' lives, my girls still have wolfies in the bed, you know what I mean? So it's, they're always going to be a massive part of me, and I'm more like... And there'll probably be a team I'll go and watch when I retire. I'll go and stand up in South Stand, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Um, I've no hard feelings at all towards Warrington. I've, I loved every minute of it. And they they give me everything. They give me my career. 
mate, and you know, as a Warrington fan, I don't make any idea of the fact that I'm a Warrington fan when I do the shows. And and you know, you say that you know they're in your trust me, you know, there's a lot of Warrington fans who'll be watching this. There's a lot of love for Chris Hill at Warrington and what you brought to the club over those over those periods. Obviously, 2022, very nearly, you know, 22. Again, Chris McQueen was colossal that season, uh, to name but one. 2022 Challenge Cup final. I'm just going to say it as it is. If Chris Hill doesn't get injured, the Huddersfield win. Well, I've been told that a few times. Uh, it doesn't get any easier. And no. I don't know. I, I'd like to think I could input, yeah. Um, yeah. Whether we'd have won. I don't know. I think we should have won anyway. I do. I, I do. I think the best side lost. Uh, yeah. in that. Just one play at the end. Uh, but I think, think, yeah, I think we were the better side uh, by a long way. Wigan, but again, Wigan, they stick into it, don't they? They did yeah. the 80th minute. They, they didn't go away. They chipped away. They got the one up half opportunity and they bounced with a ball and they took it. Um, if I stay on, I want to be not wing and all that. <laughs> 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 I, want to be, I want to be getting that ball, but. I'd like to think I made more impact. That was one of my tough days. That that's when you speak about down days. That was tough, that yeah. was one of them. Yeah, that was a yeah really because I had a had a, a good friend who uh, physio Rachel who come from Warrington who come up to Uddersfield, uh, who I'm good friends with anyway. But obviously she was a physio and then she, yeah she, for her to tell me I couldn't go back on. I just thought it was cramp. Uh, I thought I'd get over it. But obviously it's twenty five minutes in, but. I, I, Sort of tweaked it a little bit week before against Toulouse. Just ever so slightly. Trained all week, fine. Did team run, felt it a little bit, but nothing to keep me out. And then, yeah, snapped it in two. Um, but, yeah, that that was tough, that what to watch the boys, especially the, the way we lost. Um, yeah. 77. And the, the way we played, thought we deserved it. No, you did. I mean, I, I was in Cornwall at the time and I, I was watching, I was glued to it. And you, you did, I mean, others feel that day were on fire. Wigan got away one, but it goes back to what you said earlier on. Great teams find a way. They just stuck at it and just pick you off at the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it could have been a great year for you that. Uh, and of course, played, you know, did well in Super League that year. And then, of course, we come to to last year. And the simple question, I'll ask you that in a minute. I mean, before a ball was kicked last year, on our prediction, we always predicted at the start of the season, we've just predicted again for this season. I had you top three. And I had you going back to Wembley to revenge your loss. I thought Uddersfield, I think I saw, I can't remember what the odds were. It was something stupid, like 16 to 1 for the Challenge Cup. And I'd seen who you'd signed and I thought, you know, that's going to be niggling at him. And I just thought, you know what? I fancy him to, you've got to lose one to win one. I think they'll go back and do it. What happened last year, Chris? Because on paper, you should have been incredibly competitive, but at no point did you get any momentum. No, I think I think a few boys and got wrapped up on the year before very well we played, but it doesn't it doesn't materialise. Um, no, no games won on paper. Um, no. you know what I mean. And yeah, I think as a club we got wrapped up with what we did the year before. Um, see with the Challenge Cup and that. Um, yeah, we just didn't have a. I don't think we ever had a steady six, seven, one, and nine. We it was too chop changed. I know T.O. picked up a, a lot of injuries throughout that year, and yeah, we just we just could not get no momentum at all. Um, something I can't put my finger on. Um, but you have years like that. It weren't for the lack of trying with the boys. Obviously, the more 
defeats you have, the harder you try sometimes and the harder you try, you, it's a vicious circle and you, you make more mistakes. Um, but yeah, we, we've learned a lot of lessons from last year. Um, I think a few of the boys weren't fit. Jake weren't fit. If you ask Jake, Connor, he, he weren't fit. Um, never were fit. He was always fighting with, with fitness with his knee. Um, but yeah, he's had a good pre-season and this year we've just it's not looked no further than Lee Friday. Simple as that. Let's yeah. just tick them off one by one. And, and the mad thing was, it was there. I mean, you know, you didn't show it a lot, but I mean, let's not forget last year, you picked Catalan off home and away, didn't you? So there was yeah. glimpses, wasn't there? There was glimpses. Yeah, there's just, what we could do. just no consistency with it. Yeah. Uh, I said, I think we were the only team to beat them home and away. Yeah. Um, and then they end up in a grand final, but yeah. yeah, there was just no consistency towards it. And we've got to learn a massive lesson from that. Yeah, and again, I mean, I don't know what your view on this, but you know, we spoke a lot about were there too many cooks in the fact that you know you got Connor who's off the cuff, you got Tui that's off the cuff, you had Pricey still there. I thought Ollie Russell as well had a good year, you know, stepping in in the halves and he he did a job. Did it from, from the outside looking in? There just seemed to be no fluidity in that group for me. Yeah, uh, we, whereas, yeah, we never that, got an even. Yeah, we never got an even balance of no. Someone directing and 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 someone off and, and to play off the cuff, you've got to be on the front foot. And a lot of last year we played off the back foot. We could never really get enough. So then your two is and your and your Jake Connors don't really get into the game. No. And if they do, they're trying to make it up as they go, which yeah. they're trying harder. Like I said before, you they're trying just as hard, but not in the way we should be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it come down to everyone. Every, we all played a part in that. All trying too hard, all making mistakes. Um, Jake and Terry would have won those games single-handed last year. Uh, but we, like I said, we just weren't consistent enough in in in, in what we did. Yeah, that day at Leeds, wasn't it? That was a bad. That was a bad day awesome. at Leeds. Awful. Shock, yeah. You get games like that. Um, you just got to learn from them. They're yeah. they're, they're, they're the down days, yeah. Can't rewrite history. It is what it is. Obviously, going into 2024, Ian Watson seems to be, again, a lot of pressure on the outside looking in. A lot of people questioning his, his strategy. You know, I've heard people say it's rugby league by numbers, uh, all of that. You know, um, you know, you've worked with him now for a couple of seasons. Ian Watson, the coach, you know, from the inside of the camp, what's what's all like? Good, very intense, very rugby orientated. Um, that's his life. If you ask him, that's his life. I think if you ask his missus, it's even worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of defeats to art, um, which he will do, and he, he may learn over his career that. Um, but yeah, that's just the way he is. That's the way he is. That's the way he coaches. He was out on his sleeve, um, but very good tactical wise. Puts everything into it. He's there's no stone on turn with Watto. No, he's relentless with with videos, plays, training. Um, and I, I love that. I love that the detail he goes into, and and that's what you've got to be to be a top coach. Yeah, uh, hopefully we can we can sort of turn it around for him this year and show how good he actually is. I mean, we thought that twenty twenty three was perhaps one of the best Super League seasons ever because obviously last last round round twenty six twenty seven whatever it is, you know, three teams could have won the shield. We didn't know who was going to be in the playoffs. I mean, fair play to Wakey. Wakey battled back and and, and very nearly very nearly clung on. Um, Hopefully, 2024 is, is going to be just as good, if not more competitive. I mean, you know, I've been talking a lot about bat rows. I mean, I know you've played bat row before. You, know, you look at the bat rows across the, the league. I think we've had areas where we've had 
fullbacks, we've had hookers. But I look at the the you know the 11, 12, 13s of most clubs this year. I think that, I don't think it's ever been in a better place in terms of the back row this year. No, the, no, the strike's unbelievable, isn't it? The yeah. strike's unbelievable. Um, yeah. And that's what that's 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 what you want. You want it across the board, you want it competitive across the board. And like I say, in my Super League career, if each year has got faster, stronger, more competitive. And that's what we need as a sport, and we need people like yourselves and other podcasts or Sky and BBC to broadcast how actually good it is. Absolutely, best sport in the world. Who are negative towards it, but then still go and watch it a weekend. Don't bother then. No. Like, it's the great, Chris. Chris, it's the greatest sport. Any, there's no other spectator. I mean, as a spectator, there's, for me, there's no other spectator sport. I thought the Russell Crowe NRL advert. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Is absolutely outstanding. You know, he's selling it to the Americans over NFL. It's an, honestly, go and watch that on YouTube. It's incredible if you've not already. Uh, it's the best sport played by, for me personally, the best athletes. I mean, what you guys put your bodies through, it's just incredible. Incredible athletes. Brilliant community. It's it, Everything about rugby league, it should be on the biggest pedestal ever. And you're right. All of us need to start to sell it, not criticise it. 100%. 100%. And that starts with the, the amateur game. All the way through to international, we should be should be joyful of what what rugby league brings. It brings not just lads together; it brings families together. You know what I mean? Within, if there's something wrong, if there's something good, everything the rugby league community comes together. And yeah. so sad it is with with Rob and, and what Rob Burrow's yeah. going through, and I play with Rob. That's that's the highest thing. You know what I mean? And the way everyone's come together, um, and it doesn't matter if then someone who. An amateur who goes through something like that, the, the community comes together, uh, and that needs one to be the, more. One of the privileges of doing what I'm doing now uh, with Super League Raw is that you know I'm meeting more and more people outside of my own team, and you know we talked about Steph, you know Steph, uh, Steph Sale of, of of Lee. I've I've created in the last three years, I've created bonds and ties with people from other clubs that I've never known, and at the heart of those friendships is rugby league. That's yeah. what it is. It's a passion for this game. I'm talking to anyone in, in the street, and I've met people on holiday who are cast fans and full fans who don't particularly like me at times when they're there. But we'll sit down and have a coffee or a beer over over rugby league and have a have a chinwag about their experiences and where they've been and what amateur club they've followed. And it brings people together. Spot on. Last question on Huddersfield before you do your 13. So it's 2024. You talked about organisation. Some brilliant signings. Adam Swift last year for Hull FC. I think he went something like seven, nine, maybe even double digits games where he scored a try in every game. I think that's an exceptional signing. Wallace, I'm amazed that Castleford let Wallace go. That was one of the biggest surprises of the off-season that they've allowed Wallace to leave. You took, obviously got Deakin, Salabio, Murchie, a great signing. You'll obviously Andre Savelio, second row. But you talked about organisation in the halves last season. How big... Is Adam Clune going to be? What have you seen in training? Do you think that he's going to bring that missing link that wasn't there in the halves last year? Well, yeah, obviously, organisational-wise, he's, he's, he's going to be a big part of it. But yeah. so we've got some great signs with Merch. Um, yeah. Clooney, Swifty, I think, unbelievable. like I said, Wallace is, is another good... He's raw. He is raw. Yeah. He's raw, super league play. With a, a lot of coaching, he, he, I think he could be a really good player, really good winger if not good super international you know what I mean he's that good he's strong he's quick um but yeah but I think 
go back to some of the lads we have. Like two is a lot fitter this year. Uh, yeah. Jake Connor is over his injuries. I mean, so if you can get them click clicking, but Clooney is yeah, he's, he's he's on the ball. He's a he's a, another big rugby league fan in general. He knows everything about rugby league. Knows yeah. all the players. He's he's yeah he's going to be good. Uh, but we've got to be there to give him the platform to do that. It's as simple as that. Absolutely, and that that Wallace one. I mean, did, did you scratch your head on that? Okay, are you, are you amazed, Cast let that lad go? Yeah, I heard there was a bit of interest for him, um, but I knew he'd had a. I don't know if he had a year or two left. I'm not so sure. So whether I thought it would have been for the end of next year or oh. end of this year, uh, but yeah, I'm amazed at that. Yeah, but all the better for us. And you've just given a massive rap, you know, for somebody like yourself. I mean, you you because you've been in and around the international game, you can probably spot players who you think will go on to that level. So if uh, Elliot's watching, wow, there you go. Uh, Chris has just said, and speaking actually of, of uh, I said, I'd, I said I'd do this actually, Chris. I talked about uh, influences in the game when I was with Joe Philbin, who's one of his biggest influences in the game. And do you know who he said? No, go on. Chris Hill. All oh, right. Is that awesome? <laughs> no, he did. He said that he looked up to you in his early years at Warrington. And he said, you in the same way that you spoke about people in your career who have been there for you who have given you the learnings the lessons he said you right which is good I'm a good friend with Joe um, yeah. so I don't see it uh, we're, we're, we're really good mates um, but yeah I, that's all I want to do I wanna, when he was coming through I knew there was something about him when he when he was coming through he had the dedication I don't know I don't know whether he went through it with you on this podcast he had a bit of a kick up the backside when he went to Bradford on loan he did, yeah. Shining light. I've had a few chats with him regarding that, and I, I always come back to that. And and he, he he knew then, no disrespect to Bradford, that he didn't want to be playing sort of that level. And you know, what I mean, when you're at Warrington and um, yeah, you're in the limelight, that's where he wanted to be, and it was sort of the kick up the backside that he needed. And like fair play, he come back down and knuckle down and and, and played international. So. If I, I could help that little bit one percent, um, I was more than happy to do it. Well, he, he mentioned it, and I think in the same spirit, Fenton Rogers, Hugo Salabio coming to Huddersfield this year, the under Chris Hill's wing. Do you yeah, see that yeah. as a role? Yeah, definitely. Then that's what you want to do. I want to see them boys go on and have good Super League careers and, and good friends with Fenny. Um, I think I'm going to play against his dad, Wes, at, at, at some point. That's when you know you're getting old. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's a good lad, Fenny. He'll be, he'll be there, thereabouts this year. He's... Again, done his apprenticeship at Bradford, and I spoke to him about that. You sometimes you you kicking stones and going wild, going back there, or going. To, I think he's been cup Jews, but I think he had a few games there, and said, "Mate, you've got to do it. It's your apprenticeship. You you'll learn a lot about yourself um, and a lot about rugby league in them games." And he has and come back bigger and stronger this year. So um, now I'm looking forward to a big year for him. Fantastic. Right, last word for Huddersfield fans who are watching this. We're just days away from you going to Lee. Uh, this won't be. This is going to go out after the Lee game. So, um, you know, I'm not sure if you're playing or not. There's, there's, there's rumours that you might not be ready for round one, maybe round two. Um, but for your Huddersfield Giants fans, who had a pretty torrid year last year, from Chris Hill to them, what should they expect from Huddersfield Giants this season? A different Huddersfield Giants compared to last year. Um, yeah, definitely. Just stick with us. Uh, enjoy the ride. There's going to be ups and downs all year. It's rugby league, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, trust me, the boys will be they'll be ready and firing. Hopefully, with a win Friday, and 
we'll take it week by week. There's no there's no um, trophies won at this time of year, but no, we'll be building. You certainly know a lot more. Of, I think both teams will probably know a lot more about themselves. I think personally, that's the game of Friday. I know that Leeds and Salford is the the main game on Sky, but that's the one I'm watching. I think it'll be a belting game between you and Lee. Right, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure, this. I did say we go out. We always go out for the top 13. That's how we end the in-conversations. So, let's do it. The Chris Hill, uh, 1 to 13. Chris, you're captain. You're number eight. That's done. You're going to lead this team out. Uh, who are you going into battle with? Let's start at uh, full-back. Who have you picked and why? Well, again, we've had the discussion, haven't we, with, with Ojo. And I actually wrote him down, Brett. Uh, I think just pips in just Sam Tompkins. Um, grew up with Sam, obviously playing with her, Joel. Um, I think unbelievable as a leader as well. He's been captain of me at England and great bloke. But what he could do in a rugby league field again, knowing the game, he was he was unbelievable. Signed off a game too early. That try against Saints was, I mean, that oh. was just living folklore, wasn't it? That yeah. was Sam Tompkins of old, wasn't it? Yeah, and that uh, that's probably I want. I was I'm good friends with Mike McMeekin. Um, so obviously with the grand final last year. I probably lent a little bit more towards them just just yeah. to get his fairy tale and again we speak about it again Wigan with her and then, yeah. Yeah. Um, Marshall but, as well did it to you did it to them you know he's had a good two yeah, years yeah. Marshall, he's had a good yeah. two years right let's get on to the wings uh, who's your two and number five Who, who's your two I've got your man on had to be didn't it really he was a freak the, wasn't he a the, freak way finished, the way he finished the way positioning wise it's a finish he's he was unbelievable. And then uh, on the opposite side, I've gone for a bit of pace. Tommy Makinson. Thank you. Class, unbelievable. One of my favourite rugby league players, Tommy Makinson. I think yeah. he's a class player. Yeah, whereas Art and Soul on his, on his yeah, he's he's unbelievable. Were you on the field that day when we played Witness and they thought they'd had us at the AJ and uh, HJ and Mono went in at the death? Yeah. On the yeah. On yeah, what, yeah. A, what a day that was. On it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Right in the centres, who've you got? Centres, uh, gone with one who have been playing at Huddersfield with Kevin Aguama. Uh, I've, I think I underestimated him for his throughout his career. Obviously, it's watching him at Saints, playing against him at Saints, and but playing with him, some yeah, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Uh, the athleticism he's got, I know he's thirty four, maybe thirty five. You know what I mean? And he's still in peak condition. And yeah, I think he was a big. He's been a big. Big, big signing for Huddersfield, I think. Um, he's underestimated, Kev. And then the other centre I've gone with, uh, Ryan Atkins. I think Atkins on his days was unplayable. Unplayable. Yeah, I always remember that length of the field again against Witness at uh, the Etihad, I think it was, Magic Weekend. Oh, no, actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a length of the field try. I don't know if you remember this. That Witness game, Witness got away. Witness got away on a break. And Atkins, whoever it was, must have had a 10, 15 meet a head start on Atkins and he pulled them down by the collar about 10 minutes. He, he, he won games single another for us at times, Atkins, and he were in a centre and for a centre to do that, it takes from doing. Yeah. 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 Well, he's on, I, I believe he's coming on to in conversation later in the year, he's Ryan. Uh, so, right. uh, so yeah, uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Yeah. When we interview him. Right, who's your, who's your two halfbacks? Um, I've gone at six, Johnny Lomax. Unbelievable. Um, international. I think he's cracked at international. Should he have been Man of Steel, Chris? Yeah. In his career? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. At least once. Yeah. At least once. The competitiveness of him, the way he takes it to the line, he gets whacked, he, he just puts his body on the line. And then I've gone for seven, 
a little bit of left field. There's some skill was unbelievable. Rangi Chase, no. played with England. He was he was different. He is different. He's a different human being. Everyone knows that. Good bloke, great bloke, but the skill level of him, I've never seen out like it ever. That will surprise many, uh, I think, who are watching this. But, you know, like I say, it's your, it's your team. But, yeah, fair play. Uh, right, you're number eight. So, who, who, who you... Let's go. Let's do the opposite prop. Who's 10? Well, I'd have put Jammer at eight instead of me. <laughs> I had Jammer down eight. Um, James Gray. Um, I'd have gone... I'm big Mozza. Adrian Mauler. I think, obviously, I played with him at, at Warrington and he would probably come in to a little bit back end, obviously. And then I know he went Salford. Um but watching him over his career, mate, and being able to play with him international and um, at Warrington, he's probably one of the biggest honours for me. Yeah, he's a proper bloke as well, isn't he? He's a cracking bloke, Adrian Moore. Yeah, unbelievable bloke, unbelievable. Yeah, well, mention him when you speak to him. Mention him to me. I'd love to get yeah. Moz on at some point. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Who's, who's your hooker? Monos, Michael Monan. It was a toss up between him and my good friend Mickey Ayo. Uh, yeah. But Monas, yeah, he's just because he he's, he could play seven if he had, if he had to him. He, again, win games single handedly. The 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 way he made space around the rook when there was no space uh, for us forwards was he just knew the game inside out and he went to kick from nine and he and he went to run and he went to pass. He, his timing, he he were, he were, and it was and he was a great pro as well. I'll tell you what. He had a tackle on him as well. I remember watching him in the South Stand and it's the man that you played with last year, Jermaine McGilvery. We played Huddersfield and it was right on the 28. We punted it downfield. McGilvery got it. He started bringing it back and Monners right in the midriff. And he, he I mean, McGilvery is a big unit and he stopped him dead in his tracks. I've never seen, honestly, it's one of the, I would say it's probably one of the top 10 tackles I've ever seen in watching rugby league for my entire life. It was incredible. Incredible tackling technique. Unbelievable tackling technique, Michael Moran. Who have you got in your second row? Gone for John Bateman on one side. Yeah. Um, again, good mate of mine, international, practice international, obviously, over in NRL. He's just relentless, Batty. Yeah. Relentless. Um, no, you, if, you, if you're one of them you're going to war with, you, he'd be stood straight outside here. And then the other one, big Sammy Burgess. I didn't know if I put him at back row or 13. Uh, you'll understand why when I said 13. But uh, yeah, Sam Bird, he's, he's got to be probably the best rugby league player, probably what I, I've known probably the last 10, 15 years, I reckon. We didn't but, see the best of Bateman Mark II at Wigan, did we? No, we didn't, no. Um, and whether that's down to external, not sure. Um, yeah. Not sure to say, but. Um, no, international-wise, he always, always, always pulls it out of the back. And he's a proud, proud Englishman as well. And um, you'll see a different Bateman over there this year. Looking forward to that. And then finally, you said the, the big reveal. So Burgess is at 12, who's your 13? Lockers, Sean Lockers. Yeah. Yeah, I think, personally, I think if we had him playing in a 2017 World Cup final, I think we'd have won. I think he was a missing, missing link. Right. Went down injured, didn't he? And we just, just yeah, we just missed that little bit of composure at times and being in the middle of the field. That's what he brings you. And he's, yeah, he's up there with, with Burgess for me. 
Yeah, I mean, you talked about Nagama in terms of fitness and keeping looking after himself. Sean O'Loughlin falls into that bracket as well. He's, you know, incredible at the end of his career as he was at the, yeah. the starting. Yeah. I mean, he could have carried on. He could have carried on. Well, you are captain of that team. If that team, I say this to everybody, if that team went out on the field of play this year in their prime, uh, Chris, how oh. would you get them in Super League? <laughs> We've got one. I knew you was not win it. You can't <laughs> not win it with that. If I didn't, I won't be captain and I'd be sacked, I think, as coach as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stanley, mate. Chris, this has been an absolute pleasure. I can't thank you enough, mate, for coming no on. At all, mate. Uh, I wish you well in your 19th season. Maybe you'll be around in the 20th. We'll uh, when you come to the... Uh, when, I, when I see you about, I'll be sure to shake your hand. But on behalf of every Super League fan, I say this to every guest that plays the game of Rugby League, whether you play for us or you play against us, we wouldn't have a game without people like yourself. You've been an incredible servant to the game, first and foremost. Uh, it's been a pleasure watching you over the year. Go well in 2019 this year, the United season. And hopefully we'll see you again in the future Good. on In Conversation. All the best, Chris. Good, mate. Thank you very much.